0: Welcome to Seymour, Podcasts podcast about movies and TV. I'm Juan Gonzalez, and we actually have a really fun episode today. Usually the special episodes we do pertain to Oscars or any big festive moment. Just Oscars. We've only done the Oscar specials. <laughs> but I've been plugging my letterbox for virtually since the podcast began, and I've watched quite a few movies. You may know that my goal is to average a movie a day. For this year, 2019, I want to finish with at least 365 movies. And I thought it'd be fun to have this sort of four-part series. I'll be checking in with you throughout the year, throughout the season. This is the first part, and we're going to cover the first quarter of the year. So just January through March. The game is that we're going to go through my Letterbox Diary, all the movies I've seen from January through March. And those movies could have come out at any time, but I've seen them this year and we're going to go through each of them, and I'm going to come up with a one-word summary or description of the movie, what I thought, first word that comes to mind, one hot take, my favorite moment, and I'm going to pitch the sequel, a potential sequel, to the studio who made the film. So we're going to go through those four components for each of these choice films that I've seen this year. So that's the game. We'll do as many as I can within our allotted time, If you want to recommend a film for the future, feel free to comment, Uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can, and I'll be sure to try to include that in the next episode. Also subscribe. And for the sake of the game, I'm going to do these as real time as possible so that you know I'm really coming up with this stuff off the cuff. I don't have anything scripted. So if it sounds like I'm making stuff up and there's a bit of dead air, this is for the sake of the game, and I think it'll add something to the episode. With all of that being said, no spoilers as always for all of the films chosen for this game. Let's do it. So, the first film is going to be Hot Summer Nights. That was a 2017 film directed by Elijah Bynum, and it stars Timothy Chalamet. I saw this on January 4th. I'm a big timothy chalamet fan you'll hear more about him later on the show one word hot it's just gonna be hot hot take it wasn't hot enough just heat there was a lot of sweat but i feel like the director could have added more sweat just everywhere maybe have some sweat coming out of the walls add a nice little horror element to it i just wanted everything to be wet
1: favorite moment
0: there's a moment at the end the whole end sequence it just starts to pour Again, no spoilers, but things get very, very wet.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: This one's easy. You you pitch a sequel. This movie's called Hot Summer Nights. Cold-ass winter. And it, and it picks up right where, no spoilers, but Call Me By Your Name ends. It's cold. It's just a cold scene. And this is how I'm going to pitch it to Hollywood. I'm going to pitch it as a sequel to... Call Me By Your Name, but a prequel to Call Me By Your Name 2. So you've got this quadrilogy of films, and it, it's going to be called the Timothy Chalamet series where you have Hot Summer Nights, Call Me By Your Name, Cold Ass Winter, and then Call Me Call Me By Your Name 2. And it sort of opens up this sort of Timothy Chalamet extended cinematic universe. And I think we can do that for like 22 films. The next film we're going to talk about is Annihilation. This is the Natalie Portman led Alex Garland film. He also did Ex Machina. And I saw this on January seventh. One word. Divisive. Hot take. I don't know why it was so divisive. I feel like the story played out in a way that made sense to how they set it up in a in, in a very Alex Garland way. Favorite moment. Not, not a moment per se, but the set design for a lot of the exterior shots within that like annihilation dome or whatever it was called. They were often really beautiful and strangely believable in a practical sense, if that makes any sense.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: The film plays around with the idea of time passing without you noticing. So the characters would often forget time or where they got to where they ended up for a bit. That was kind of a plot point. So the sequel would be, it it would just be the exact same movie. And then you, you wipe any existence of the previous movie. So people can't go back and like find it online. And it's called Annihilation 2, the sequel to Annihilation. And you're just, you know, messing with the audience and they start thinking it's the exact same movie, but they start thinking, wait, didn't we already see this? Oh, I guess, uh, And then maybe you change a line or two to keep them on their toes. I think that'd be a great marketing play. On January 24th, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the 2018 Academy Award winning film about Freddie Mercury. And it was directed by Brian Singer. One word. Definitely queen. Hot take. Not enough character development from the rest of the bandmates. I would have loved to see more of their flaws. Uh, We seem to just kind of pick on Freddie Mercury for a movie that's supposed to celebrate him. Favorite moment. The editing in the scene where Lord Baelish shows up.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: Okay, so it's a film about how Bohemian Rhapsody got made, and it's all of the bandmates kind of figuring out who gets the most screen time, editing around the deadlines. There was a lot of drama with the production of this film, so I would love to see the film version of the production of Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it'd be very meta. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I think it would actually retroactively fix a lot of the flaws that people may have had with Bohemian Rhapsody. So that would be my pitch to Hollywood. The next film that I also saw on January 24th was the Ethan Hawke-led First Reformed, directed by Paul Schrader. One word. Compelling. Hot take. This isn't even a hot take. I'm just going to use this platform to propel... My thoughts on the fact that this film should have gotten nominated for something. Anything. Cinematography. It could have easily made its way onto that list. Performance. Directing. Anything.
1: Favorite moment?
0: Um, I love how ambiguous the ending is, and I love how rewarded you feel as a viewer when you talk about this film. And I feel like the more you talk about it and sort of dissect what the ending meant, a lot of different... Possibilities apply, and it's very rewarding.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: Um, it's called Second Reformed, colon, here we go again, exclamation point, and you cast Ethan Hawke's son, and it's the same thing, but with teenagers to appeal to a wider audience, and I think that would work really well. Surprise this is not happening. Yet. The next film on the list is the 1992 My Cousin Vinny, directed by Jonathan Lynch. I saw this on February 12th, and it stars Ralph Macchio, Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, who won an Academy Award for this performance. Honestly, just go watch this movie. One word. 90s. Hot take. My my hot take is that this bit is actually just not a joke at all. You should definitely watch this movie. It is so much fun. It's just a classic 90s movie with a lawyer who's way in over his head, and I just feel like movies like this don't get made anymore. It's so much fun.
1: Favorite moment?
0: When Ralph Macchio finally says, My cousin Vinny! Because you know it's coming. You know he's going to say the title of the movie at some point, and he finally says it, and it's the most rewarding thing as a viewer. It's everything you'd imagined. It's so great.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: So this movie's just kind of an over... The top comedy, just a 90s comedy. I want to move into the early 2000s and do kind of the the sequel, can be My Cousin Vinny Sold Out. And it's just going to be a very dramatic, we're going to take a turn here. It's going to be very dramatic, just kind of an early 2000s drama. Most of it's just going to be in one room. And they're going to talk about how, you know, Ralph Macchio's cousin sold out as a lawyer after the success of this film. And it's going to be, if I can compare it to anything, just kind of like Crash, but with two characters in one room for three hours. We're gunning for that Academy Award. The next film is Terminator 2, Judgment Day, obviously directed by James Cameron and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's the sequel to the very beloved The Terminator that one came out in 84. I saw this on February 22nd. And the reason why we are skipping the original and jumping straight into the sequel, which I also saw on the same day, it's because I have an episode planned for it. So we're just going to do the sequel. One word. Blockbuster. Hot take. I feel like a lot of people say that James Cameron sort of mastered the modern blockbuster with the first Terminator film. And I actually think that that film was far more concentrated focus. It was very linear, whereas this one's more bombastic and actually holds the blueprint for what the modern blockbuster has become. This is also coming with the rise of the special effects that they use in this film that were very popular in the early 2000s.
1: Favorite moment?
0: Anytime anyone ever said, I'll be back, ever in any of these movies. Sequel pick. So there have already been like a thousand sequels to Terminator. None of them that successful to my knowledge, but let's pretend that none of those happened. Terminator 1 and 2 came out. I'm pitching a third one. The title is going to be Terminator 3, He's Back, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger going into the future instead of the past, and they meet up with the boys from Back to the Future. And... There starts uh, an 80s a cinematic universe with all of our favorite 80s movies. And I think we can get like 22 films out of it. The next film on my list is Period, End of Sentence. And this is actually our first short. I saw this on February 26. And it's directed by Reika Zetabchi. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And if you're not familiar with this film, it actually won... Uh, Best Short Documentary at the 2018 Oscars. One word. Insightful. Hot take. So the film takes place in northern India, and I would have loved to see more of the culture, especially the culture presented in a positive way. I feel like that would have helped with my investment in these characters, and I understand the the reasoning for keeping it very tight. The film clocks in at 25 minutes. It's very linear and it's very straight to the point. And it works for what it's trying to do. I just would have appreciated more of a uh, learning experience from the cultural standpoint.
1: Favorite moment.
0: Anytime they questioned the men about their like knowledge of women's bodies and like what a period it is, it was really great.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: I would love to see them follow up with these women and see some of the developments that have happened in this town since the documentary. Uh, Maybe they can do it like five years later or something, and we can see the advancements. The title will obviously be, just kidding, it was an ellipses. Let's keep with the documentaries, and let's move on to March. And on March 14th, I actually saw Free Solo, which was the 2018 film, won Best Documentary at last year's Oscars. And it was directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai-Vassarelli. I hope I pronounced that properly. And it obviously stars Alex Honnold, who climbed El Capitan at Yosemite. One word. Nerve-wracking.
1: Hot take.
0: Some of the ending wrapped up very strangely. It was edited almost confusingly. I mean, at the end, like, he finally climbs it. And I wanted to stick with him through that triumph that had been, like, building up that whole movie, and it just like wraps up very neatly. There's this very strange montage of him giving interviews like immediately after, and then it ends, and there's a song in the credits that just felt very out of place. The editing was kind of confusing.
1: Favorite moment?
0: When he climbed the mountain.
2: Sequel pitch.
0: Do it again. So the next movie I saw was Captain America, the first Avengers, and that was on, or sorry, Avenger used to saying Avengers, that was on March 31st. And this film was directed by Joe Johnson. And it was one of the earlier Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Now you may know Joe Johnson. He was an interesting choice because, well, he actually directed Jumanji, the original one. So he definitely had, oh, he also directed a Jurassic Park three. Okay. So the third one, everybody's pretty good he well he also directed honey i shrunk the kids so very uh very prestigious and the rocketeer and the wolfman all right well oh indiana jones he also directed indiana no sorry the adventures of young indiana jones spring break adventure okay all right, well hey he directed uh the he's going to direct the Chronicles of Narnia the Silver Chair those movies did well I think all right well well he also directed October Sky so one word American hot take the film has its moments where it looks great I mean this is before all of Marvel's I mean the following films that would equal 22 cinematic universe films but this is kind of before disney stepped in with their style guide and the movie started to look kind of samey for consistency's sake this is early they were trying to figure stuff out and the directors kind of had a visual input it felt like a voice and it was consistently its own thing it looked like its own thing and it was quite refreshing favorite movie? I'm going to try to avoid spoilers here, but there's a scene where Captain America's saving the team, putting the team on his back, per usual, and he's talking to Peggy, and they kind of go back to this line they had about having a dance. I think you know where I'm going with this. Anyway, it was actually pretty heartfelt, pretty touching, and I think it worked really well on an emotional beat. I also like the fact that there wasn't any big bad guy fight scene, like explosive moment in the film sequel pitch. This one's tough because he's technically done like 10 sequels. Chris Evans been in so many Marvel movies moving forward. So we're going to do the same thing we did with the Terminator. Let's pretend that this is a direct sequel to this film. Nothing has happened, you know, moving forward, what we know as the Avengers and all that stuff. I would time travel Chris Evans to 2019 and have Captain America deal with the modern White House. My boy's going to lock it down. Chris Evans would sign on. If you follow him on Twitter, he'd be all about it. I would push as hard as possible to make this movie happen. And the last film I saw in March, on the last day of March, on the same date that I saw Captain America, the first Avengers, was Us. And that's the 2019 Jordan Peele directed film. One word. Interesting. Hot take. I was okay with not really understanding the ending. I really liked the overall message of the film. And while it didn't hit on every level, I was okay with how vague a lot of it was. And I think that was complemented really well with the very on-the-nose cinematography. And the symbolism that they used for the visuals. Favorite moment. I really liked a lot of the setup in the film. Anytime the family was together just talking, I thought it was really funny, and I bought into the fact that this was a real family that cared about each other and that had its own set of flaws. Sequel pitch. The film's called Use. And it's actually a classic Italian uh, sort of mafia-esque film. I'd love to see what Jordan Peele tackles in this genre. And I'd love to count how many times the characters say, use in it. You get it? Because this one was called Us. And I just want to see him jump into a completely different genre and make it his own. And I think that we haven't had a really good mafia-style movie in a while. And I don't think enough screenwriters write use in their script. Okay, so that was it for the first quarter of the films that I've watched this year. I'll be checking back in with this style of show later on in the year. Um, for the next few weeks, we're just going to continue with our regularly scheduled segments. And I had a blast. Let me know if I should add any new sections. If you have any movie recommendations, let me know so we can add them here for part two. That was this week's show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. You can hear new episodes of Seymour every week on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, Seymour is just one of many shows that Cesspool has to offer. For more info, visit cesspoolnetwork.com to see our full weekly lineup or follow at Cesspool Network on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me personally on Twitter at juan underscore chirps on Instagram at juan underscore snaps or follow what I watch on Letterboxd, at Juwan Gonzalez. See you next week.